This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Trump's final days. The president wants a big send-off. Is he really planning his own fond farewell? Look who just got an invite. Trust me, that had to be a mass email if one of them got sent to me. And jittery D.C. Wait till you see what sent these people fleeing at the inaugural dress rehearsals. Are the extremists heading back to disrupt the inauguration? And wanted. The woman accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Did she try to sell it to the Russians? Then outnumbered. The cop who politely asked the rioters to leave the Senate chamber as they rifled through the desks. This knucklehead thinks he's the new vice president and the women of the White House. What's next for them from their former colleague who was fired by the president? I was devastated after I left the White House. Then the new virus mutations. Why doctors say it's now time to double down and protect yourself. The days where you can go to a high-risk environment and just put on whatever's covering your face with cloth are gone. Plus, the guy who may lose $225 million because he can't remember his password. And bad hair day. How this happened. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. There will be no military parade to mark the end of the Trump presidency. The president asked for one, and the Defense Department said no. Instead, Mr. Trump will have a much smaller send-off at Joint Base Andrews just before he leaves the nation's capital for his home in Florida. And it is being said that the president is the one planning his departure. President Trump is getting out of Dodge first thing on Inauguration Day. He's boarding Air Force One for the last time at 8 a.m. from Andrews Air Force Base, where he's planning quite the going-away party for himself. The president wants a big send-off with lots of flair. Mary Bruce is ABC News' senior congressional correspondent. We've heard that he wants to be surrounded by uniformed military at Joint Base Andrews. There'll be a military band. He wants a red carpet. We've even heard that, that he may be flanked by troops as he boards Air Force One for the final time. And there may even be an Air Force fighter jet flyover. So Trump going out of Washington in Trump style. White House aides are busy rounding up supporters to see the president off, sending out this invitation. All guests must arrive between 6 a.m. and 7.15 a.m. You may RSVP up to five guests. That's right. They seem to be desperate for a big crowd. How do we know? Even Anthony Scaramucci, Trump's former communications director for 10 days, turned arch foe, got one. They're looking for people, and trust me, that had to be a mass email. Uh, if one of them got sent to me. 
Trump is staying out of sight for the seventh straight day, meeting with his daughter Ivanka and her husband Jared Kushner to go over a list of 100 or so pardons. Look, it's not unusual for a president to issue pardons uh, as he leaves office, but the big question is who is the president going to be pardoning? What will he be pardoning them for? And will he pardon himself? He also met with the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, who came to the White House reportedly to talk to the president about declaring martial law to stay in power. This photo taken by a Washington Post photographer shows the tycoon with his notes. Note the scary words. Insurrection Act now. Martial law if necessary. No sign of First Lady Melania. She's under fire today for refusing to honor a First Lady tradition, meeting her successor to exchange gifts, a courtesy extended to her four years ago by Michelle Obama. But Anthony Scaramucci says that was Trump's decision, not Melania's. That's 100 percent President Trump. That's his decision. Uh, this is a sore loser. This is a guy that got trounced in the election. Yeah, of course, the Bidens are familiar with the way the White House operates, but the First Lady has a big job. There's a lot that comes with that role in that position, and normally there is sort of a handing off of the baton that happens. That's not happening here. And it's now just a matter of hours until Joe Biden takes the oath of office as the 46th president of the United States. Never in recent history has a presidential transition been marked with the level of tension that exists right now. Stephen Fabian is in Washington, D.C. right now, and he says it is a virtual fortress. Washington, D.C. is a city under siege today. The security presence here in Washington, D.C. is just flat out massive, unprecedented efforts to keep the Capitol safe. You can see them installing barbed wire on top of the fencing surrounding the Capitol. There's military trucks everywhere, 25,000 National Guard members on the ground. And getting around D.C., forget about it. Just take a look at this Google map. Nearly every single road closed. All 25,000 National Guardsmen are being vetted for loyalty to the Constitution. In coordination with the Secret Service and the FBI, they're screening all the personnel that are coming in. A fleet of buses carrying 200 New York City cops left today to reinforce the legions of law enforcement already in Washington. These images show just how jittery Washington is today. Spectators fled the inauguration rehearsal after a minor fire broke out in a dumpster. We're learning that the FBI is hunting for a rioter who allegedly stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop with the intent of selling it to Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service. The woman, identified as 22-year-old Riley June Williams, was seen on video directing rioters in the Capitol building. According to the FBI, she was turned in by her former romantic partner. And these two Virginia police officers who were allegedly involved in the insurrection were also turned in by their friend. Bridget Craighead tells Inside Edition she was befriended by the cops last summer when they danced together at a Black Lives Matter protest in a gesture of solidarity. She says she recognized Jacob Fracker and James Robertson of the Rocky Mount Virginia PD from photos taken the day of the insurrection. I definitely felt betrayed. Um, it, it was it was more like a slap to the face, honestly. They were at almost all of our protests to see them be a part of a, a deadly riot. It was just mind-blowing. Secret Service agents also slap handcuffs on the guy who started Cowboys for Trump. Coy Griffin, photographed in the Oval Office with the president, allegedly participated in the riot and told Inside Edition last week the inauguration of Joe Biden would never take place. We're not going to allow it. There will never be a Biden presidency. 
Looks like that prediction is way off. And it's an eye-popping view of what it was like as the rioters broke into the Capitol, as documented by a veteran war correspondent working for the New Yorker magazine. You may have seen the chilling video that's just surfaced, which shows the crowd outnumbering Capitol Police. Well, we've asked a security expert to analyze it. It's the video shocking the nation. The takeover of the Senate as it happened. We asked security expert Tim Gallagher to analyze the video, which was posted by the New Yorker magazine. Who thinks that this is being an American? It is a criminal act. It is an act of domestic terrorism, and it was documented very well in this video. The video starts with this grim image of a gallows somebody erected outside the Capitol. Then the mob storms into the building. From here on, it's chaos in the corridors of power. The invaders find their way into the magnificent Senate chamber, where something extraordinary takes place. They start rifling through the desks of America's lawmakers. Up in the gallery, Jake Angeli, the suspect with the buffalo horns, makes his presence known. He makes it to the floor and Vice President Mike Pence's seat. This is like the sacredest place. A single cop is alone and completely outnumbered. He was severely outnumbered. Uh, you get on your radio, you call for backup, and you document what they're doing. And, uh, and, and become a good witness when it comes time to prosecute all these individuals. He is almost polite as he asks the invaders to leave. Now that you've done that, can I get you guys to walk out of this room, please? It's not like you could start taking people into custody, start handcuffing people. The mob is almost giddy. Maybe even they can't believe what's happening. Thank you for filling this chamber with patriots that love you. Psychologist Michelle Gallietta also analyzed the New Yorker video for Inside Edition. The larger the group, the more people there the less likely we are to take personal responsibility because there's this idea that someone else should stop this if this is a bad thing. Yeah! It's not clear what Donald Trump's next move will be when he leaves Washington, and it's not clear what the next step will be for some of the high-profile women who work for his administration. Megan Alexander with more on that. Hope Hicks, Kellyanne Conway, Kaylee McEnany. What's next for the women who became household names during the Trump presidency? Madeleine Westerhout has a unique perspective. She was President Trump's personal assistant for two years before being fired after making some eye-opening remarks about his daughter Tiffany to reporters. It truly was devastating for me. That was my dream job, and um, my firing became international news. And so that was really, really tough. Kellyanne Conway, who resigned from her role as senior counselor to the president in November, still supports Trump, as she made clear to comedian Bill Maher. So how do you look back now, four years later? <clears throat> I mean, anything go wrong? Every I'm just day, asking. I'm, I'm not, every not, day I'm very grateful. Not yeah, I'm just asking. But remember, a lot went right. She has reportedly signed a multi-million dollar deal to write an unvarnished, eye-popping tell-all about her time in the White House. It doesn't surprise me that she has a book deal. It seems like a lot of people that leave the Trump White House end up writing books. Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany is known for the dramatic way she ends White House briefings. She left the White House Friday, retreating to the state of Florida, a Trump safe haven. Hope Hicks, who was like a daughter to Trump, bailed out of the White House last Tuesday. She's had a tough go in, in the public eye, and so I think she might just 
get, take a job in the private sector um, and kind of to stay away from, from the limelight. Madeline Westerhout now hosts a podcast, which she calls You're Fired. She says she's living proof there's life after the Trump White House. Everyone makes mistakes and it's picking yourself back up. That is really where um, the strength comes from. Do you feel working for the Trump presidency is seen as a negative or a positive? This country has become very polarized, and so I think there's a lot of people that, you know, might start blacklisting anyone that has ever worked for Trump, but I am very proud that I served this president. Hope Hicks got her start working as a child model. Her first job in politics was working for Donald Trump. More news on the COVID-19 front, and none of it is good. As the nation closes in on 400,000 COVID deaths, that is more than was lost in all of World War II. A number of states say they are running out of vaccine, and it appears that the virus has mutated yet again. Here's Jim Murray. A new mutated COVID-19 strain is now sweeping California. The strain is being linked to the inflatable Christmas tree costume outbreak at the Kaiser Permanente Medical Center in San Jose, California, where 90 people were infected after a staff member wore a costume like this. There's growing alarm over the new strain, now popping up in a dozen counties in the state. Experts don't know if it's more contagious or if it will respond to the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. Dr. Fauci is also warning of a more dangerous COVID-19 strain spreading across the globe. There's another more ominous one that's in South Africa and Brazil. We're looking at all of them very, very carefully. Dr. Oz tells Inside Edition, now more than ever, it's time to redouble efforts. The days where you can go to a high-risk environment and just put on whatever's covering your face with cloth are gone. You need to put on a real mask, a mask that is designed for medical purposes like this KN95 that I have that works so much more effectively. Congressman Lou Correa from Orange County is warning everyone must stay vigilant even after getting the vaccine. He tested positive for COVID after receiving his first dose in Congress one month ago. It's frustrating in a sense that you assume when you have a vaccine, you're not going to get sick. He says it's possible he was infected when Trump supporters surrounded him and screamed in his face as he was set to fly home from Washington Dulles Airport after the Capitol riots. Having people this close to you, not for a split second, but for a number of minutes, probably uh, did the trick. Nurse Carrie Cavazos is also battling COVID after receiving her first vaccine dose on Christmas Eve. When I tested positive after my first vaccine, I had 60% coverage, a 95 mask, and a shield on, and I got COVID. I think it's a sneaky little sucker, that COVID. Phil Spector, the famed music producer turned convicted murderer, is the latest prisoner to die, reportedly, from COVID. He was convicted in 2009 of the slaying of actress Lana Clarkson. In New York, comedian Steve Martin tweeted, Good news, I just got vaccinated. Bad news, I got it because I'm 75. Ha! Thank you, science. Martin says he waited in line like everybody else to get vaccinated in New York City. Next, the guy who may lose $225 million. Because he can't remember his password. And bad hair day. How this happened. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Most people would have a hard time conceiving of even having $225 million, but imagine losing that much because you can't remember your password. Les Trent explains. 
This guy is out of $225 million because he can't remember his password. I tried a couple different passwords, but none of them worked. Stefan Thomas invested in the digital currency Bitcoin back in 2011 when it sold for just two bucks. Today, it sells for $35,000 per Bitcoin. Here's the problem. Ten years ago, when he bought Bitcoins, he threw out the password. I, I vaguely remember writing the password down, putting it somewhere safe. Um, when I needed it, I was desperately searching for that everywhere, um, and I couldn't find it. Now, Thomas finds himself the subject of worldwide fascination. Bitcoin is a super secure system. You get 10 shots at entering the correct password. After that, the account automatically locks up. So far, Thomas has tried eight times at guessing his password. That means he has two more shots. After that, his $225 million fortune will be gone forever. Unfortunately, I think the chances of me just remembering the password are unfortunately very slim. A lot of people suggest storing multiple passwords in different digital apps where they can be protected. Some people choose to write them down. Or whatever you choose to do, make sure that you can access it and that you don't lose um, accessibility to these very, very important passwords. Advice Stefan Thomas won't soon forget. Hello, everybody. Um... A Bitcoin password is 256 bits, which can translate to a combination of around 64 digits and letters. So good luck trying to remember that. When we come back, the toy that has led to all kinds of bad hair days. It's a popular toy called Bunchums. They're plastic burrs that stick together. And warning here, they also stick to hair, leading to quite a mess. Kids love them. The popular toy called Bunchums. They're little colorful balls that stick together like Velcro and can be used to build all kinds of things. But they also stick so, to hair. Yeah, this is what we're dealing with. Moms across the country are posting videos of the balls all tangled up in their kids' hair. This is a mess. Some parents get so desperate, they whip out scissors. Lisa Hosel's six-year-old daughter, Abigail, had 150 of the bunchums matted into her hair after her twin brother dumped a bucket over her head. I looked at her hair, and um, I was in absolute disbelief. <laughs> I think I had like an out-of-body experience. After complaints by parents, the makers of bunchums put out a video showing how to remove them. If bunchums get caught in your hair, Please follow these simple steps. So before you get out the scissors and make things even worse, all you need is vegetable oil, hair conditioner, and some parents swear by mineral oil. Then take a little bit. Okay. Okay. Now rub it in near where the pesky bunchums got stuck. Okay. Carefully brush. And then... Still not so easy, but there you go. It took Lisa 18 hours to get all 150 bunchums out. It was, as a mom, it was a total, complete nightmare. The bunchum packaging does say keep it away from hair. Kind of looks like a COVID, doesn't it? When we come back, a musical tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And finally, today the nation honors the memory of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Had he lived, he would be 92. And at a time when his message of unity is as needed as much as ever, we leave you with the Justice Choir singing the anthem of the Civil Rights Movement. We shall overcome. Thanks for watching.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay, and and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that does that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>